Pastors, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Pastor Aaron Martin, give her a hand tonight. Awesome. Good stuff happening, right? Good stuff. Um, excited to be up here tonight. Humbled as always. Every time I get up here, honestly, I just kind of like shake my head um, out of disbelief at times. But I'm so thankful that we serve a God that sees beyond what we could ever imagine for our lives, right? And he does that not only for me, but he does that for you and every single one of us that are watching and maybe watching later. That's, that's the kind of God that we serve. He takes us from glory to glory. And that's the scripture that we're going to be hanging out at tonight, 2 Corinthians 3.18. And before you think I made or had uh, my son sing that song, I didn't. I simply told him the scripture, and he walked in his room, and then I, three days later, I saw that he was singing that song. I was like, okay. Um, so 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, but we all, with an unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. We are being transformed from glory to glory. Tonight's title of the message is called The Shift. The Shift. We were in worship a couple weeks ago, and I was standing right over here, and I don't even remember what song we were singing. And that is unusual for me because I am a song girl at heart, I just want to worship. I want to sing all day, all day, every day. I just want to like worship and sing, and that's like who I am, right? Um, and so I don't even remember the song that we were singing, but I felt God's spirit just say to me these words, there's a shifting taking place. And since that day three weeks ago, I've heard it multiple times, not only from the pulpit in different messages, but in my reading, in my listening outside of uh, church, I've been hearing this shifting taking place. And I haven't been able to shake that. So we're going to lean into it a little bit tonight. The meaning of the word shift is to move, to cause to move from one place to another, especially over a small distance. You see, a shifting in our lives doesn't necessarily mean it's a giant step. It could be a simple small move, a slight change in position, direction, or tendency. The first thought I had when I think of the word shift, maybe because I have two car guys that are in my house, um, is how when you listen to or even watch like shows like Top Gear USA, anyone? No, no car guys in here? Okay. How about Fast and Furious? We've all heard of that, right? <laughs> um, so when we, when we listen to uh, or watch movies or shows like that, I, I always hear the gears shifting, right? When they're going really fast, like, that's all I hear in my head um, to get to the next level, right? They want to go faster. They want to finish the, uh, the race. They want to win. And that's the sound I hear when I hear the word shift. Or someone might say, the winds are shifting, right? The winds are changing. Uh, wind shifting from the south often means warmer air is approaching. However, the wind shifting from the north, which is what we're feeling now, is, means cooler air is approaching. The shift. Uh, the NLT version says, makes us more and more like him as we are changed to his glorious image. Change. A word we all love to hate and hate to love, change. 
I was looking up a little bit about change because I was talking to Linda Wood uh, the other day, and she said, my dad always used to say that there's a change that happens every five years in someone's life. And I said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look that up. And I found this uh, article on Bruce, Bruce Feather wrote called Life is in the Transitions. And he said, after interviewing hundreds of people about their transitions, he found that a major change in life, on average, happens about every 12 to 18 months. Huge ones, what Feeler calls life quakes, happen about three to five times in each person's life. Some life quakes are voluntary and joyful, such as getting married or having a child, and others are involuntary and somewhat unwelcome such as unemployment or life-threatening illnesses, or as we all have gone through COVID, it produced a shift, a change in our lives. And there's a shifting, a change happening in the kingdom of God lately, where people are going all in like they never have before. They're wanting to know God more. They want a relationship with him. They don't just want to attend church. They want to be the church. And they're saying yes with a passion and a fervor. Why? Because we're going from glory to glory, from one season to another. And as a church, we are experiencing a natural shift, right? Next week is all about that natural shifting that's happening in our church that we are going to be able to witness. But also in the spiritual realm, we are experiencing a shifting that's happening. And I don't know about you, but I was thinking, I don't want to miss the shift that God has for his people. I don't want to miss it. And honestly, I don't want to miss the shift that he has for me and my family personally. And so we're talking today of a spiritual shift in our lives, how to recognize it, how to tune into it, how to shift gears to go after it as God takes us from glory to glory. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this moment. I thank you for your presence and, and your moving among us, God. I pray that you would use your servant tonight to speak your words. But not only that, God, open our eyes, open our ears, and open our hearts to what's ahead of us, God, so that we're able to embrace the shift as we walk into it. In Jesus' name, amen. So what happens during a shift? Well, the first thing is God delivers us. God delivers you. In 2 Corinthians 3, where we're hanging out, I'm going to read a couple verses before verse 18, starting at 16. It says, But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. This passage talks about a veil. And most commonly, if you think about a veil, and I wish I had one, but I didn't have one as a bride. So I think of a bride walking down the aisle, and a veil is covering her face, right? And the husband lifts up the veil to reveal her true beauty that day. And Paul says that before we were saved, before we turned to Jesus, there is a veil over our eyes. The King James Version Dictionary actually says a veil refers to a curtain or a cover that intercepts the view of an object. So it's not that I can't see, it's I can't see clearly what's in front of me. 
And even reading back in 2 Corinthians, just follow me for a little bit, in verse 11, it says, for, what, for if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech, unlike Moses who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. But their minds were blinded, for until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament, because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their hearts. I found this very interesting, so I started to just look into it a little bit. So what was happening is Moses would come down the mountain after being with God, and his face was so bright that the Israelites were, like, they were getting scared. They didn't understand it. They couldn't comprehend what was happening. And so Moses covered his face with a veil because the Israelites feared the glow from Moses' face after he had been with the Lord. They were scared, and they didn't understand because they didn't have spiritual eyes to see. You see, I was thinking about um, my son when he was in high school. He would often get picked on for going to church singing worship songs, uh, listening to his CHH, Christian hip-hop, if you don't know. And um, I see it now in other kids, in people that go to work in the world, that people just don't understand. Why do you go to church? Thursday night, what are you doing? Sunday morning, shouldn't you be sleeping in bed and eating pancakes? What do you, like, I don't get it. They don't understand because there's a veil still over their eyes. They don't get it. And maybe today, we have a veil. We could have a veil over our eyes. And God wants to remove the veil so that we're able to see clearly what's in front of us. He wants to deliver us from any lies, any hurts, any confusion, any fear that we may have. He wants to lift that veil from our eyes. And some of us, we could be experiencing deliverance in our walk, in our lifestyle. It could be a heart change that we always hear about. And throughout our lives, God will continue to deliver us. He'll take us from glory to glory. Sometimes we think, oh, the veil's been removed. I'm good. But we go through life, and all of a sudden, we can see, but we can't quite see clearly. And God wants to lift and remove the veil from our eyes. And so as I'm reading this, I was asking God, just deliver us from whatever it is that we can't see clearly of what's in front of us. Maybe the veil of pride, maybe the veil of negative thoughts, maybe the veil of selfishness, whatever that veil is that's in front of us, God, ask God to say, lift it, take it away from me. He's already, the Bible says the veil is torn. So it's already been done, right? But we have to make sure that every day we're walking, we're saying, God, deliver me from whatever it is that I can't see clearly in front of me. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. Help me to see clearly the path that you have for me. God delivers you during a shift. What else happens? God prunes you. You see, any time... There is a shifting in our lives, in our lives. It's exciting. It can be exciting if you let it, but it's also uncomfortable, right? Anytime you have to shift a little bit, anytime you have to change a little bit, anytime you have to do something a little different, it's uncomfortable and it's scary. But in order to shift, 
We have to get rid of those things in our lives that are holding us back. I think of the Karate Kid, the movie. Anybody seen like the original Karate Kid? And Mr. Miyagi was always what? He was always pruning that bonsai tree, right? And when he was pruning the bonsai tree, he would be talking to Daniel's son and giving him wisdom and explaining why you have to prune a bonsai tree, right? There was a lesson in that. Because pruning in horticulture is the removal or reduction of parts of the plant, tree, or vine that are not acceptable to help the plant further grow or produce what it needs to grow and produce. It could end up being injurious to the health and development of the plant. So when the bonsai, like many other plants, was not pruned, what happens? It affects the overall health of the plant. And of course, I think of John 15, 1 through 4, it says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides on the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. The pruning that Jesus teaches here involves getting rid of the things in our lives that cause us not to be in the kind of relationship that God wants us to have with him. We are on the vine, but if we want to stay on the vine, we have to allow God to cut away anything that isn't producing fruit. So if it's not producing fruit, God says, I want to cut it away. I want to get rid of it. But then we have to allow him to prune the things that are producing fruit. And sometimes that's hard because we think God is taking something from us, but he's actually pruning us so that we're able to produce more of something that is already good. So he prunes to the fruit that's bearing fruit. He prunes it so it can produce something even better and greater. And if we want to abide in God, if we want to embrace the shift in our season, we have to allow God to prune us so that we're able to move forward. We have to allow God to take away those things that are not meant to be in our lives. And how do we know that? How do we know that there's something that's in us that shouldn't be there? One, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will let us know all the time. Sometimes, though, we're a little dense and we need the help. We're all just saying stuff, huh? We need a little help from a mentor. We need a little help from our pastor. We need a help from our friends, a true friend, right? We need help from other people. And they'll tell us, uh, the right person in our lives will tell us, hey, listen, this shouldn't be in your life. What are you doing? What are you doing? And we can accept that and we can say, you're right, God help me. Because anytime God wants to shift us to another level, he's going to take away anything that is affecting the overall health of our souls. God wants to prune away those things that are incompatible with the Christian walk. What is it today that God is trying to prune away from you, to take, to cut off of you, that you're trying so hard to hold on to? If you want to be part of the shift, allow God to prune what needs to be pruned so that you remain healthy. So God delivers you, God prunes you, God prepares you. 
Preparation is a lot of work sometimes, isn't it? I'm thinking about Thanksgiving, and if you've ever had anybody over for Thanksgiving, a meal, maybe friends, family, it's usually a big deal. But you're prepping for days, right? You're making sure the house is clean. You're going shopping. You're reading recipes. You're making the pies. You're, you're making sure it's all taken care of before everyone sits down at the table and takes five minutes to eat it. You spend days to prepare it, <laughs> but you consume it all within five minutes. But there's a preparation process, right? You know, I think about a professional dancer. Anytime you see a dance on stage, it's hours of practice each day between four to six hours, sometimes four to eight hours, a dancer is practicing every day for five minutes on stage. Preparation, that's what it takes. So in a shifting, it could feel like God is taking forever. Yeah? It can feel like God is taking forever. You see where God wants you to go. You see your dreams. You see your visions. You see the plan. And you're like, God, why are you taking so long? But he's an on-time God, and he's preparing you for the next level. God needs to prepare you so you are strong enough to handle the shift. Think about Joseph. I love this uh, verse in Psalms uh, 105.19 because it's very simple to me, and I, I need to understand stuff sometimes. It says, until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. Until the time came, until the time came, the Lord tested Joseph's character. God gave Joseph dreams to show him what his destiny would be. But Joseph, at that moment, wasn't ready to live it out quite yet. Before he could reach his destiny, God had to shape, mold, and refine Joseph's character. And just like Joseph, we can have big dreams and a destiny that God has planned for us, but sometimes we're not quite ready yet. We have to be molded. We have to be refined. We have to be shaped we have to be prepared before God can ever, ever move us into the shift that he has for us. I thought of a caterpillar to a butterfly. Because in order to become a butterfly, there's some work that needs to be done. There's a preparation process, if you will, a strengthening. You see, there's this, those three stages in the middle that before a butterfly ever flies, they have to use their wings to get strong enough to get out. Do you know if you try to help a butterfly, if you try to help them at that third or fourth stage, they won't make it. They won't make it. They might live, but they will never fly. They will never fly if you try to help them. It's something that they have to do on their own because they have to strengthen their wings. And it's hard. It's a preparation process. They're strengthening. They're mm, trying to get out. Ha! And then all of a sudden, they're ready. Everything he is preparing for you is worth the wait. It's worth the struggle. It's worth the strengthening. Hang in there. The shift is about to happen. Allow God to make you stronger so you can handle whatever it is and wherever he wants to take you. And finally, and this kind of goes along with this, in a shifting, God releases you. God takes us from glory to glory. 
And in that glory, he releases us to do great things for him. Our scripture in the beginning says, but we all, with an unveiled face, he delivers us, beholding as in a mirror the glory of God, are being transformed, pruning, preparing, into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. There's a release that is happening right now in the Spirit. It may not look like it now, but God is getting us ready for a release to happen. There's a story in 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 41 through 45, and the title in, in my Bible says, The Drought Ends. And just to sum it up, this is uh, the story with Elijah. And there was a drought in the land because God, they weren't listening to God, basically. And so he tells Elijah to let them know there's going to be a drought until they finally come to their, you know, come to their terms and, or come to God. So that's kind of where we are. Just read it. You'll understand it. I'm trying to paraphrase it. So this is where we are. Elijah, what's cool about this is right before this, this is where Elijah called fire down from heaven. And that's when everybody was like, okay, your God really is God. And then it says, then Elijah said to Ahab, the one who blamed Elijah for the, for the drought, mind you. He said, go up and eat and drink for there's the sound of abundance of rain. And so Ahab went up to eat and drink and Elijah went to the top of Carmel there he bowed down on the ground he took a posture of prayer and he put his face between his knees and he said to his servant go up now and look towards the sea you see elijah knew the rain was coming he took a posture of prayer and he said to his servant go up and look go up and look it's about to come go up and look so his servant went up and he looked and he said, there's nothing. His servant went up and he said, there isn't anything there. You're crazy. Seven times Elijah had his servant go back, go back, go back, keep going. He's praying. Keep going. Keep looking. Go again. And then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising up out of the sea. So he said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now in the meantime, that sky, the sky became black with clouds and wind and there was a heavy rain. And so Ahab rode away seven times. Seven times he went back. Seven times the servant kept going to look. And then the rain came. Then the release happened. I'm going to tell you tonight, don't quit before the release happens. There's a shifting in the spirit. The release is coming. The rain is going to come. And the refreshing kind of rain, that's what I'm talking about. Know that God is delivering you. God is pruning you. God is preparing you. And he's getting ready to release you into the next season that he has for you. You are called. You are chosen. You are ready. God is about to release you to new opportunities, new levels, into overflow, into more than enough. You're going to see dreams come to pass. You're going to see visions come to reality. 
And I believe that it's happening right now, that we are going to see so many miracles. I heard someone say, oh, it's not Bible times. We're just not living in Bible times. Yes, we are, because we're going to step into faith and we're going to see things that we've never seen before. We're going to see miracles that, that we've seen in the Bible. They're going to begin to happen today because God is getting ready to release us into the next season. There's a shifting places happening. There's a shifting taking place spiritually. And when you are released from something, you are released to something. And God is releasing us to something so great. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can conceive what God has for us. And we have to be able to embrace the shift that he has from us. Give God your yes this next season. And let's embrace what's happening in the spiritual realm. Let's embrace the shift this next season. Amen. Will you stand with me tonight? Let's pray together as Pastor Ryan or Pastor Marty comes and closes. Let's just lift up our hands. If you want to see that shifting in your life, if you want to see that shift take place, just begin to ask him. Ask him to open up your eyes. Open up your heart. God, thank you for delivering us. Thank you for pruning us, God. Thank you for preparing us when we didn't even understand. And God, we believe you for miracles, signs, and wonders. We believe you for the release that's going to happen over this house, over your people. God, we're ready. Help us to be ready. Help us to just open our hearts and our lives. Help us to go all in for you. And help us, Lord, to embrace the shift that's happening in Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you believe that was a prophetic word? Just wave to heaven and say, I receive it, I receive it. Dad, if you'd come up here too. Grandpa Chuck, I know you're in your, uh, your chair there, but come on down here. Come on down, Grandpa. We were, um, some of you saw a picture. Come right up here, Grandpa. Some of you saw a picture with uh, Grandpa and myself and my dad. Um, we, we, had a little, uh, we had a little celebration, amen. It was my dad's birthday. That's what you're supposed to do. And there was a prophetic word given um, during that uh, party that we had. And Pastor Chris actually gave it. And not everybody was there, but I want to share it now. And the word that he used, um, I, I, I wanted to look the scripture up, but I couldn't find it quick enough. Grandpa or Dad will tell you afterwards. But it's, it's a portion of scripture that says when there's unity, it's when the oil flows. And he used the word harmony. And, he, and I went back to him afterwards. And I said, Pastor Chris, why did you use the version that said harmony and didn't say unity. And he said these words to me. He said, Ryan, you can have unity. I can pull 10 people up here and 10 people can say, yeah, we'll sing that song. We know the words to the song. We'll march to the song. Right, Sarah? Everybody can know the song, but harmony is different than unity. See, when there's harmony, it even sounds good. 
And you, it's not about having a voice. It's about the spirit that you carry. And I gotta, I gotta say this. Come on up here, honey. Yeah, come on. What's beautiful about what's happening in this house is there's harmony. And I believe with all my heart that when harmony begins, I just bring these up, these up here because these are your pastors. There's in all the years I've been in church, in all the years I've been around church, I've never sensed a harmony like we have now. That's where the oil flows. Let, let me back to the scripture. Psalm 133, look at that. But put the scripture up that Aaron ended with, would you please? I just want to show you one last thing, and I'm closing it down with this. So he looked up and said, there's nothing. You ever said in your spirit, there's nothing? There's nothing here. I've tried it. I've done it. And there's just nothing here. You're looking at people that have done it way more than seven times. And all of a sudden, you're seeing the manifestation of the impossible come to fruition. So I ask you tonight, will you go back and look one more time? Will you go back for the fourth time? Will you go back for the fifth time? Will you go back for the seventh time to see the miraculous take place, not only in your life, but in a community's life? If, how many of you say that's me tonight? I want you to come right down here. I want the pastors tonight. We're, we're in a special time. I know we're online. I know it's it's early yet. It's like three minutes after, but I think it's it's the season. It's the moment. You say, man, I've, I've knocked up against the wall. Ryan, I feel like I've knocked on the wall 20 times. I need that breakthrough rain cloud. Just come right down. Come on down. I'm going to wait another 10 seconds, and I know there's 10 more people that want to come down. Make your way down right now. Go ahead and lay your hands on them. because you've gone back one or two or three times and you say things like, well, it didn't work, it didn't happen. The scripture tonight in this moment that we're in declares to us a vision of going more than just once. And for some of you, you got to go back. So I've been to the altar before. Obey the Lord. Obey the Lord tonight. Can you imagine if the servant's heart got so hard? that he wouldn't go back and look, he would have missed a miracle. Thank God for people with soft hearts tonight. Father, I pray in Jesus' name. Lift your hands to the Lord tonight. I pray in Jesus' name. I thank you for a shift. Just say, I receive the shift. Whatever that shift looks like, whether it's healing in a body, whether it's joy in a home, whether it's purpose and destiny in a life, I pray that that shift, you'd give a glimpse of the, of the shift that you have for those that have come down tonight. I pray in Jesus' name that it wouldn't be a time where it wouldn't be a time where we doubted and wondered and Father, help our unbelief. 
we pray tonight. We ask you in Jesus' name. We sense it tonight. Aaron's prophetic word from you tonight. We sense a great move of the Holy Spirit in this place. We thank you for that harmony. We thank you for... We thank you that you're bringing in new families. We thank you that you're bringing in children into this place. We thank you that you're bringing young people in this house tonight to declare the good news of Jesus. Everything we do, everything we say, Father, we ask you in Jesus' name that it would be pleasing unto you. Father, even as we enter in to this Sunday, this baptism service, this outward expression of an inward work, we pray in Jesus' name that your Holy Spirit would show up in an evident way. We thank you for it. How many of you just say thank you to the Lord tonight? Just open your mouth and tell him thank you tonight. Thank you, Father, tonight. Oh, we're so thankful. Those of you that are joining us from home tonight, we love you so much. We believe with all our hearts that as you join with us online, that God does the miraculous even in your home. God bless you. Have a great night. Those of